We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Iron Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. And we're coming at you for a special live episode of the show on the Locker Room app. Uh, Jason, the Bulls season is over, but the playoffs are underway. We have a lot of former Bulls in the playoffs this year. Uh, it's been a really exciting first two days of the postseason so far. I really can't remember too many former playoffs that seem this wide open. Like, I guess right now, if you had to guess or if you had to say who's the favorite to win the NBA championship, it's the Nets. Nets. Yep. Nets would be the most common answer. But when you look at the Western Conference, I have no idea who's coming out of the West because LeBron has not looked the same so far. Uh, physically after the ankle injury for the Lakers. Anthony Davis just played a really poor game one. Uh, People forget that he had a calf strain too. Uh, People worried, you know, maybe it could be a lingering Achilles injury. He's not moving the same. And I know with Anthony Davis, whenever he struggles, people always come for his head first before they come uh, for the physical part of his game. But, uh, you know, I think that Davis just doesn't look like he's moving as quickly. Certainly, he's not shooting as well. Last year in the bubble was the best he's ever shot the ball. Uh, That has not translated to this year the entire season. So that's nothing new. So the Lakers look super vulnerable. Then you got the Clippers, classic same old Clippers. They blow it game one to the Mavericks. They have absolutely no answer for Luka Doncic. Why don't they try Kawhi on Luka? Maybe that's coming in game two. They're going to. Teron Lue already said it's happening. So, allegedly. Uh, But, you know, the Clippers, I mean, after they blow the 3-1 lead last year in the postseason, it's like, dude, we got to see it from you before we believe it. With the Nuggets, they got Jamal Murray out for the season. Uh, As Bulls fans, we know what that's like when your star guard goes down to an ACL tear. Uh, Just such a horrible injury for the Nuggets and for Nuggets fans, I feel for them. You got Utah. They lose game one to the Grizzlies last night. Phoenix, uh, you know, they look good, but I think that there's still going to be major question marks about Phoenix moving forward. I would guess the majority of people still don't favor them in the series against the Lakers even after they capture game one. So the West wide open. The East, even though the Nets are the supposed powerhouse, 
Philadelphia looked good. The Bucks looked good in winning a game against the Heat on a night when the Heat were red hot from three-point range. I think the Bucks have a lot of room for improvement on both sides of the ball coming into game two of that series. So, uh, you know, you got three teams potentially that could come out of it in the East. In the West, dude, I have no idea who could come out of it. I mean, I, I think almost anyone could, maybe. You can make an argument for anyone at least. So, uh just a super fun start to the playoffs, dude. I thought the playing tournament really helped build some hype and some excitement for the playoffs this year. And through the first two days, it's really lived up to the hype. Yeah. I mean, to the point about the West, I would still default to the Lakers, even with uh, the health issues there. It was such a, such a weird... I mean, and we know LeBron loses game ones all the time. We saw it happen as Bulls fans all the time. LeBron would rope a dope with that game one, would just kind of mail it in, which he definitely did yesterday. And Davis was, like you said, awful. DeAndre Aiden just absolutely destroyed him. Uh, I would assume that they will bounce back and be fine. The Suns, the, the, the CP3 injury is really unfortunate because, I mean, that I, who knows like how effective he'll be going forward. It sounds like he'll play. It was like just a stinger, but like he was dragging ass out there. Uh, and, he could, and they were double-teaming Devin Booker every time he got the ball, but CP3 couldn't do anything. He hit that one like slingshot, ridiculous shot. So that'll be interesting to see. But, I mean, yeah, just going back, the very start of the playoffs, from the very beginning, that first game, that first Bucks heat game, uh, was a grinded-out, ugly-ass playoff game where, like, the Bucks shot 5 of 31 from 3. Jimmy was 4 of 22. He was awful. Bam was awful. But, like, it was close game, an exciting game, which is, like, he big plays. And then Chris Middleton hit the, hits the big shot to, to win the game. And then just, like, from there on, I mean, was there any, like, one blowout like legitimate blowout i mean i guess the 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 blazers won by 14 but like almost every single game was just absolutely incredible uh the knicks hawks was in was an absolutely wild ass game with the garden going crazy i guess the nets celtics game was kind of a blowout but the celtics jumped out to like a 12 point lead so like almost like all these games were super competitive super fun uh and i and i i mentioned this like it just made me want to want the Bulls back in the playoffs really bad. Also just seeing like all these young guys like Trey Young hit the game winner and he's talking shit to the Madison Square Garden crowd. Uh and Devin Booker had a huge game in his playoff debut. John Morant helps lead the Grizzlies to the win over the Jazz and there was the whole Donovan Mitchell controversy and he's gonna be back I guess in game two. Seeing all these young guys on there making their like playoff debuts, their first games, I Aiton, I mentioned him as well. Uh just like really makes me want to like to see Zach get out there, and he and he's been, been in the league now with seven years, uh, and I just want to see Zach on this stage and him have a huge playoff game, a huge playoff opener, and because I mean we know Zach isn't going to like back down from those type of moments. So just like watching these game, all these awesome games, all these big performances from these young stars, uh, just absolutely great to watch. Great way to start the playoffs, and again, it just made me want the Bulls. Really, I mean we we've just been sitting through shitty Bulls basketball for four years now, and. Just like maybe you want them to be back, just the, and especially with the crowds back, having the crowds back in the arenas was awesome. I mentioned the Garden, the Sun Stadium was was great. Uh, just just a great atmosphere, great weekend all around for the NBA playoffs. So we wanted to talk about former Bulls in the postseason, and there's a bunch. I'm just going to go off the top of my head, Jason. So uh, as I talk about this out loud, feel free to correct me. But in Heat Bucks, we got Jimmy. Leading the Heat, of course. We got Bobby Portis on the Bucks. Portis was, I think, the second or third best three-point shooter in the NBA this year. I had no idea. 
No idea. By percentage, yeah. And one guy who was ahead of him was Tony Snell, but Snell only attempted like 100 on the season. So Snell, I don't think, qualified for the leaderboard. At least he didn't last time I checked. But Bobby Portis granted only 2.4 attempts per game on the season, 157 attempts from three-point range. He hit 47% of his threes this year. So Portis didn't play a huge role for Milwaukee in the game one win over Miami. Played 17 minutes, didn't hit any threes, but he did score eight points, went four or six from the field. So uh, Bobby Portis in a playoff rotation for a team that has a chance to go to the NBA Finals. That's pretty wild. We already talked about Jimmy Butler. Not his best game at all, like you said, 422 from the field, but just still so impactful in so many different ways. Butler remains one of the very best players in the league. Uh, I think the Heat are... Still going to make that a competitive series against the Bucs. It's hard for me to see the Bucs winning that series without any issue. Uh, moving on, Mavericks Clippers. I don't think there's any former Bulls there. Am I correct about that? I don't, not off the top of my head, at least. No one not- notable. Uh, same with Nets Celtics, correct? Probably also true. I mean, I got the Nets. Oh, Jabari Parker. Jabari Parker. Oh, yeah. 22 minutes for the Celtics. How could I forget? Jabari Parker was a late season signing for the Celtics. Uh, Jason, me and you ripped the Bulls for them not being more active in the late season buyout market or the late season free agency market. The Celtics did sign someone and it was Jabari Parker. He played 22 minutes for the Celtics. I was watching that game while I was out eating dinner. It was good in the uh, first half. This weekend. And I'm like, Dude, there's way too much Jabari Parker in this series. Like the Celtics have no chance if Jabari Parker's on the floor that much. Uh, Jabari did play decently, though. Nine points on three of six shooting. Uh, so that's solid. But, you know, shout out Jabari, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I, was that, that first half, the, he had it going a bit. The Celtics, like I said, I think we were up like 12. Uh, and they were rolling. But uh, obviously the Nets finally started hitting some shots. That game was a blowout. I I don't know if the Celtics are going to be able to win a game that series without Jalen Brown and the, the Nets are just too good. Like, and the Nets were horrible for like a lot, a lot big portion of that game. They ended up like up twenty t- towards garbage time. So like, bad, just bad things for the Celtics. Which whatever, fuck the Celtics. Uh, let's see what what was the last game then? Oh, I, I, Blazers. Yeah, I, I counted it. And then in the Blazers Nuggets series, we have former Chicago Bulls great once acquired. For Michael Carter Williams in a trade, that would be Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony <laughs> never played a game for the Bulls, but he is technically a former Bull. Uh, Twenty-two minutes of action, six of twelve from the field, four of eight from three, eighteen points. Man, dude, Denver looked so bad in that series. They're starting Faco and Austin Rivers. They're bringing Marcus Howard off the bench for twenty minutes. He's their ninth man in a playoff rotation. Marcus Howard. Did he play the entire season? I can't believe this. He averaged 2.8 points per game. Uh, Get some Jack Harrison, man. Get Jack Harrison out there to guard Dame. And you scoop me on that, bro. Yeah, I was going to say Shaq Harrison also on the bench for Denver. He was another late season signing similar to Jabari Parker on the Celtics. So, uh, yeah, give me some Shaq Harrison minutes in that game for sure. I have no idea what they're thinking playing Marcus Howard that much. Uh, For people who don't know who he is, I mean, he was like a super prolific college three-point shooter, sort of in the staff for Trey Young mold. Uh, But, man, just having him out there as a rookie for 20 minutes, obviously the Nuggets have a ton of injuries. It's not just Jamal Murray, Jason. It's also Will Barton. It's also... PJ Dozier. Was he a former Bull, too? Didn't they have him on the G League? He might have been on their G League team. I don't know if he ever played for the actual Bulls, but that sounds like... I think he was really good on their G League team, on their Windy City Bulls. 
I can't well, remember exactly. That's another uh, another scouting miss by Garpax. But <laughs> uh, so yeah, maybe we'll get some Shaq Harrison minutes in Denver. And you know, playoff series. The reason they're fun is because they're all about adjustments. So you know, Shaq not getting any burn in game one. He gets the DMP. We'll see if he's on the floor in game two. Moving on to the games from Sunday in Sixers Wizards. Of course, we have the man who changed the Washington Wizards season. And Daniel Gafford, six points on six of six shooting, six boards in 20 minutes, also five personal fouls. But he was plus 14 in a game the Wizards lost by seven. So Gafford has been a total revelation for Washington. Let's not also forget they have our old friend Robin Lopez on Washington, too. Maybe future Paul Bradley Beal there as well. We could talk about that a little bit uh, over the offseason. But, yeah, dude, Gafford's been sick. For Washington in the 23 games he's played. So for the Bulls, he averaged 4.7 points per game in 31 games. For Washington, he's averaging 10. So uh, obviously, he, I think their up-tempo style of play sort of fits his skill set. It has been very cool to see him get a chance to uh, prove himself in the playoffs. And, you know, what have you seen from Gafford since he's arrived in Washington? Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, perfect fit there with elite guards, at least playmaking with Russ. Even with Dish Smith, pretty good pick-and-roll guard. And then, obviously, Beal there as well. Uh, I mean, they just throw lobs to him. Like, I, I tweeted this yesterday watching that game. Like, he has his flaws. He His conditioning's not great. He fouls the shit out of people all the time. But he knows what he does well, and he does it really well, and that he dunks the crap out of the ball. The, those, those guards throw the ball up to him, and he dunks the shit out of it, and he and he's effective that way. Great. He's, I mean, a great energy big off the bench. And, like, he was... Like, for a bench guy, he was pretty solid for the Bulls. He had his moments, uh, and I know a lot of people were, like, calling from the start over Wendell Carter Jr. I don't think Daniel Gafford's a starter. I mentioned he fouls too much. He they, They've they talked about his conditioning. He can play, like, 20 minutes. But in those 15, 20 minutes, he can make a huge impact because he knows what he does well, and he just focuses on that. Uh, and he's been awesome. And they have, like, their weird their weird uh, three-center rotation. They're with Rolo and his crazy hook shots. Uh, I know those have been a revelation as well. I think I think it was Fred Katz wrote like a really long uh, article about Rolo's hook shots, or somebody did it at the Athletic, I think. Then they have Alex Len, who like dominated the first half when Embiid was in foul trouble yesterday, but he sucks. It really should be mostly Rolo and Gafford there, but uh, good for Daniel Gafford. He, he's been good. I'd, I'm still fine with that trade. Daniel Tice is a good veteran. I understand why they did it. Uh, giving up Gafford is tough, but. Whatever, I understand the trade. I, obviously, another part of that trade I was would like to bring up is Chandler Hutchinson, who has taken to shitting all over the Bulls. He did it right after the trade when he had that big game against, I think, the Pacers. And then he went on, like, TikTok after the Wizards made the po- – they won the second play-in game. And he was, like, dumping on the Bulls then, which is just absolutely hilarious. Like, he barely plays. He sucks. Uh, who knows? We still don't know what actually happened with Chandler Hutchinson early this season, where he like was mysteriously just like away from the team, or just like was getting DNPs. Like I don't know if he benched himself. I don't know if the Bulls just said like screw you, like we don't want to deal with you anymore. Like I really am curious to see what happened there. It just is funny to me that he's coming out and shitting on the Bulls. Not that I like hate him for it, and I know a lot of people are like mad at him. Like I think it's just funny because like he he, he sucks. And, like, he's trying to talk crap about the team that probably – that he's lucky he got drafted in the first round because the Bulls promised them at 22. Dude, there's a section of Bulls fans that are getting so mad at Chandler <laughs> for talking shit, which I think is hilarious. If you follow Chandler Hutchison on social media, he's always posting these, like, whimsical pieces of millennial wisdom is the only way I could explain it. So, uh 
I don't know. He seems like sort of a weird dude. And I don't <laughs> really think that he is positioning himself as someone who's going to be in the league for a long time. Uh, you know, hey, might as well get your postings off. And sure. Post yeah, fire, fire away, dude. <laughs> yeah, you know, like get some tweets up, get some TikToks up. We see you, uh, but we don't have to respect you. So Chandler Hutchison, you know, still sort of a zero as an NBA player. Looks like a real bad draft pick, even though the Bulls promised him with what was that, like the twenty fourth overall pick 20, or whatever. Twenty two, I believe. Man, just uh, that was I don't I don't have in front of me who went after him, but that was just a shit pick. And uh, Chandler Hutchison, I have nothing against him, but it's it's kind of hilarious to see him talk shit about the Bulls. Good for you, bro. Moving on, Suns Lakers campaign, no baby. Talk about the God campaign. Campaign, one of the worst players I have ever seen in my life when he was on the Bulls. What an incredible story! Goes to the G League, goes to China, goes back to the G League. The Suns signed him. Cameron Payne has been one of the best players in, on the Suns bench this year. The Suns getting the two seed in the West. Campaign is like their go-to guard off the pine. He's been really good. He had a hilarious game one. I don't know if you watched. Jason. Oh, I sure he got, did. He got ejected for throwing the ball, I think, at Caruso. Yep. Then Montrez Harrell runs from the other side of the court and body slams him. They toss campaign, even though he just got body slammed. I don't think anything happened to Harrell. Uh, so he poor- one, Harrell got one tech. I think I think campaign got ejected because of the ball throw. He's like, he went at Caruso first, Caruso pushed back, and then Payne threw the ball at Caruso. I think that got him double tech but i thought harold for sure was gonna get injected too because he he literally almost just took our guy campaign like totally out and destroyed him uh we also got etuan moore so you know the big oh, yeah. storyline in the suns lakers series from the suns perspective is cp3's health cp3 couldn't even consistently handle the ball in game one uh his shooting motion was clearly different cp is dinged up we'll see how he recovers but you know, if the Suns need to go one man deeper into their bench, you could see Etwan Moore. He played two game. He played two minutes, I should say. They were plus six in those two minutes. So, uh, Etwan, he had two assists. He didn't score. He didn't take a field goal attempt. But hey, man, if you're plus six and you have two assists in two minutes, that seems pretty solid. Uh, we'll keep an eye on Etwan for the Suns in this series as well. Absolutely, I didn't even realize Etwan Moore played. I totally missed that. Uh, then, so then the game after that was what? That was then Knicks Hawks. So watch. Oh, Knicks do Hawks. we do we have any former Bulls in Knicks Hawks? <laughs> oh, I'm glad. Let's you start asked. off with the most important Bulls legend involved in this series. That would be Tony Snell, <laughs> who played 13 minutes, had three points, made a three pointer. As I said earlier, Tony Snell hit 57% of his threes on the season. He attempted 109 three-pointers, so he didn't play much. Uh, only played 47 games. Did get 23 starts for Atlanta this year. At this point, he's kind of a deep bench wing for them. Uh, he can't do much of anything besides for spot up and hit a three. But, you know, that level of floor spacing is still important. But, Jason, the big thing jumping out of the box score to me from this one, from Tony Snell's perspective, he's no longer the plus-minus god. He played 13 minutes and was minus eight in this game. Oh, no, bummer. I totally, I totally missed that. I was looking at that box score all night, too. And uh, uh, I, I think we mentioned on a recent pod, Tony Snell was, like, the first player who was, like, a 50-50-100 guy. He hasn't missed a free throw in, like, two years or some shit. So uh, Tony Snell, absolutely hilarious. Uh, he like as a bull, he had his moments. I, the trade for Tony Snell for Michael Carter Williams was an awful trade. As like as what as much as like 
as inconsequential as kind of Tony Snell was, like the trade for Michael Carter Williams made no sense because the Bulls had like five other bad point guards already and they needed shooting badly around. I think, because I think that was a three alpha season. Like they, uh, I think, right. Was that yeah. the three alpha season, right? Where they had Michael Carter Williams and like no reason to bring in a, another just like non shooting, like ball dominant guard. And they traded one of their, like their only decent shooters for Michael Carter Williams. It just made absolutely no sense. Very stupid. And Tony Stone is like, yeah, he's had like a. I'm like surprised that like after his first couple of years that he has been in the uh, uh, been in the NBA so long. Good for him for getting paid a few times and uh, carving out a decent little career for himself. When at first it seemed like he was going to just be an absolute nobody because that's basically kind of what it was when he came to the league. Um, was there anybody else on the Hawks that have? Uh, I guess Chris Dunn, baby. Oh God, Chris Dunn. That's right. Jesus. Oh, I totally forgot about the Clippers. I mean, the Clippers game, they have Rondo. We, we totally miss Rondo. Uh, playoff Rondo. He had a couple threes. I know shoving it up Mark Cuban's ass. You know the Clippers lost. I know Mark Cuban was talking shit to Rondo about shooting, and he hit a couple threes. But uh, Chris Dunn, yeah, who's played like two games this year, and I think he doesn't play anymore. He sucks. Uh, at Bloggable, like last week or two weeks ago, uh, somebody tweeted or somebody did a fan post like, why didn't, why did the Bulls not bring back Chris Dunn? It's like, dude, Chris Dunn has literally played, like, two games. I think he shot, like, one of 11 from the field. Uh, he just like, he missed, what, like, a year and a half with his injuries. He can't shoot. He's one of the worst offensive players in the league. He was awesome defensively last season with the Bulls. But, like, when you are that bad offensively and you can't shoot and you can't stay on the court, he's probably going to be out of the NBA next year. I guess his con- I think his contract was two years with the Hawks. But, uh, I mean, there's, I think there's a decent chance he's not in the NBA next year. Maybe if, with it a full offseason to get healthy. Maybe he'll be back, but like he just kind of stinks now at this point. Another just brutal, unfortunate for Chris Dunn, I guess. I, I mean, I I was always very against him as a player. I just like was not a fan. I think his offense was bad. I did appreciate his defense last season. Uh, great fit for Boylan's blitzing scheme, but uh, I was really sick of watching him play. And uh, he isn't. Like I said, yeah, who knows what his future holds in the NBA? He's, he's not good, and he can't stay on the court, and he's out of the rotation right now with the Hawks. And then with the Knicks, we just got everyone. We got Tibbs, we got D Rose, we got Taj Gibson. D Rose played thirty eight minutes in this game, dude. When was the last time D Rose played that many minutes? And he was terrific. They the Knicks are going to be super reliant on D Rose to manufacture some sort of offense from the backcourt spots because Alfred Payton only played eight minutes. He's been starting the whole season. He is so obviously Thibodeau's Keith Bogans gives him absolutely nothing. Uh, but Thibodeau, you know, he's Thibodeau started Keith Bogans every single damn game, eighty one or eighty two times during that two thousand ten two thousand eleven season in Chicago. Alfred Payton, very similar player in the sense that. Uh, you know, he's a defensive first guard. He is good at getting into the paint. He's he's a point guard, whereas Bogans was a two, for sure. Bogans could shoot a little bit better. But, Jason, the stat everyone remembers with Keith Bogans was when he scored six points, the Bulls were basically unbeatable. Well, I don't know if Alfred Payton has a similar stat, but he went scoreless in his eight minutes. D. Rose comes off the bench, puts up 17-5-5 and on 50% shooting in 38 minutes. Taj Gibson has really become their backup center after Mitchell Robinson went down. Taj played 24 minutes. Uh, He had five points. He was kind of getting schooled by Trey Young in the Spain pick and roll that Atlanta was running down the floor every single time. Trey Young, probably the biggest storyline in that game from the Hawks' perspective, maybe from the whole game's perspective, I should say. Uh, But, you know, I want to see what Tibbs does to Trey in Game 2 because playoff series are always about adjustments. 
they were beating the Knicks with the same damn play every single time down the floor. It was a Spain pick and roll, which means you're basically screening the drop defender, screening the screener. And, uh, you know, Trey was just getting bucket after bucket on that. He was finding everyone around the perimeter. He hit a bunch of floaters. He hit the game-winning floater. He shushed the Madison Square Garden crowd. Uh, You know, for a player who, since he entered the league, I wrote this today on Trey, since he entered the league, everyone has always said, yeah, well, let's see him do it in the playoffs, right? Just because he's a small guard and he's weak and small, weak guards don't have a good history in the NBA playoffs. Well, for one night, Trey Young was absolutely freaking awesome. 32 points on 11 to 13 shooting, and he only hit one three. He mostly did it by getting to the foul line where it was nine for nine. His foul baiting is just a, basically a James Harden level this year. He also had 10 assists. So I love Atlanta. I'm rooting for the Knicks, of course. I've watched a shit ton of Knicks games over the last two months. Uh, I picked the Knicks to, you know, come out ahead in this series. But this series is so dope because neither of these teams has a chance to even go to the conference finals. Yet it feels like the damn Super Bowl watching it just because the Knicks haven't been in the playoffs since, I think, 2013. The Hawks basically totally tore down their last successful iteration of the franchise, led by Mike Budenholzer. They rebuilt around Trey. They're back in the postseason after signing a bunch of free agents. So uh, this is just a really fun series. Even though I don't think the stakes are too high, I I find this to be arguably the most compelling series, or at least the most compelling besides for Suns-Lakers. Yeah, I mean, the game The game last night was absolutely incredible. We mentioned Trey uh, and just, like, everything he was doing. You have D-Rose and, uh, and Taj closing the game for a Tom, for Tom Thibodeau team. Like, I mean, that brings us back, like, a decade. You had Alec Burks, who had, like, 20 points in the fourth quarter or something like that. Just, like, absolutely sending Knicks fans into a frenzy, like, on social media and at the game. You had uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich was hitting some ridiculous three-pointers. Uh, like I said, D-Rose had the game-tying shot before Trey hit the winning shot. Uh, the, the Alfred Payton stuff is absolutely hilarious to me because you mentioned the Bogan stuff, and it's, like, even worse than Bogan. Payton literally played four minutes at the start of each half and then didn't play again. Like, what is even the point of that? And they asked Tibbs about it again today, and he's, again, he's super stubborn about it, obviously. He's deflecting, deflecting. Like, I feel like you might as well just start Neil Aquina on Trey Young, and if you're, if you're going to do this whole song and dance where you start somebody and you play him, whatever, five, six minutes, at least start... Neil Keenan to defend Trey, and then D Rose will come in and play whatever the rest, basically the rest of the halves. I will see how D Rose holds up if he's playing thirty-five to forty minutes. So they obviously are relying on him a lot, uh, but just so much going on in, in, in that series and that game, in that first game at least. I definitely think it's going to go long. These teams are very, uh, I feel like evenly matched. I know the Knicks, I think, won all three regular season games, but I mean, game last night was close. I know Julius Randle didn't have a good game last night. He did not shoot very well, but it's. Uh, just tons of stuff. Haymakers back and forth. Like you said, the adjustments will be huge. So absolutely a fun series. Like I said, just nostalgic. When you when you see D-Rose and Taj closing games, closing playoff games, just brought me back to the 2011-2011 Bulls. And it was a lot of fun to watch just because of that almost by itself. In addition to all the other crazy shit that was going on in that game. For sure. Do you, like, what was your pick? coming into the series, and do you still think, you know, like, I think Knicks in seven, I think? I think that's what I said, yeah. I still feel decently confident about that, but, you know, Atlanta's got a lot of weapons, man. It's like, it's not just the Trey show. 
Gallinari, I think, could potentially be in for a big game. He was quiet in game one, but you know that Gallinari, he's a vet. He's made for these moments. Uh, Bogdanovich is just awesome. He hit arguably the biggest shot of the game in the corner three. Bogdanovich has been killing it over the last month or month and a half. So Atlanta's tough, dude. Capel is awesome. Uh, you know, they got DeAndre Hunter back after he missed a ton of time. It looks like he was having a breakout season before he got injured uh, earlier this year. So Atlanta's tough. I do think Thibodeau cooked something up for him. And you got to think that Randall's going to be better. I mean, Randall has been so awesome the entire season. People are getting mad at me that I didn't put him on my NBA ballot. People are – or MVP ballot, I should say. People think he should be all NBA. Uh, Randall just – you know, he looked like he was pressing. Throughout the entire game one, this is the first time he's ever entered a playoff game where, like, he's been the biggest star and, you know, he's really needed to carry the whole franchise on his shoulders. He's done that throughout the regular season. He's the biggest reason why the Knicks have been so good this season, uh, along with Thibodeau. But Randall was pressing in game one, I thought, and, uh, you know, he'll have to be better moving forward. There's no. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed doubt about that absolutely uh moving on here before we start we'll take uh speakers here in a little bit here uh the, and then so the last game was what the grizzlies obviously jazz uh i don't know there was any bulls any former bulls in that one i will say shout out to dylan brooks who i was tweeting about recently the bulls could have drafted dylan brooks uh in 2017 when they tr- infamously traded the, the second round pick for cash considerations when their draft board was empty uh apparently they didn't like dylan brooks enough. and dylan brooks obviously is flawed uh, I kind of compared him to Denzel, a much better Denzel recently uh, in terms of like his shot selection. Because he gets up shots. They're not always good. He likes to chuck a lot of crap. Last night they were all going in. I think he had 31 points. But his, he's really made strides on the defensive defensive end. Uh, they were really talking up his defense against Steph Curry in the recent games. Very physical wing defender. I mean, theoretically, a guy like Dylan Brooks is exactly the type of player the Bulls could really use. A 3 and D wing, plays physical defense, and can get some buckets for you. But uh, back when they traded that, that second-round pick in 2017, apparently it wasn't good enough for them, even though uh, the Bulls were starting a rebuild and they sold the damn pick for cash considerations. And that's one of the reasons why our podcast is called Cash Considerations. But uh, what do you think of Dil- Dylan Brooks, Ricky? He's a free agent, right? I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure about his contract status. Right. Google his contract while I talk, so we can uh, try to figure this out. But, dude, Dylan Brooks. I mean, I've always respected his game. Going back to Oregon, he was someone who was one of the best players in the country uh, during his last year of college basketball with Oregon. They were a monster program that year. But for whatever reason, uh, you know, I, I think that he was slept on a little bit. 
entering the league. And the thing about Dylan Brooks is he just brings great energy. Like the dude plays with so much intensity. It's the thing that really jumps out about his game on both ends of the floor. I don't, I don't want to say that he's like the best defender by any stretch, but he's just so active on the defensive end. It just seems like he never slows down, never stops coming at you. Like you said, in this game, 36 minutes, 31 points. He had seven boards. He shot 13 to 26 from the field. The thing I always notice about Dylan Brooks is that he just never has seen a shot he doesn't like. As soon as he gets the ball, the ball is going up. And he's not the most efficient scorer by any means. I don't have his advanced stats up, but, you know, 42% 42% from the field this year, 34% from three, average 17 games. So, like, he's a volume guy, right? Like, he's not someone who's particularly efficient. But 6'7", 225, plays the game hard, still only 25 years old. Uh, everyone needs a wing in that mold, right? I mean, you would love if he was a better three-point shooter. You would love if he was a more selective offensive player. Uh, you know, he definitely has his limitations, but... As a wing that you found in the second round, like you said, the 45th overall pick, uh, he's turned into a hell of a player. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, career 35%. So, yeah, not great. And I think a part of that is probably uh, just like shot selection. He just takes a regular shot. And that's why I kind of compared it to Denzel. I don't know if he's quite as – Denzel is decently skilled as like a passer and playmaker. But I just the fact that they both just chuck shots like that, kind of similar. Brooks has the advantage of being a bit more athletic, obviously, and just like – better defensive player. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, just uh, it's the type of player the Bulls could really use. Uh, super unfortunate that uh, even if they didn't take him. It was the whole, there was the whole conversation around that pick was, oh, Jordan Bell, Jordan Bell. And obviously, Jordan Bell is flamed out. But it was never just about Jordan Bell. It was the Bulls sold a pick at the, as they were starting a rebuild, and it made absolutely no sense. And, like, they could have taken Dylan Brooks. They could have taken somebody else. Like, who knows? But, uh, but yeah, I, that, I think that was it for that game, right? I don't think there was any other Bulls. We can – questions here i know uh colin number two here i know had one uh all right he said he had a few questions colin would you i can ask for you to come up here uh i think i can invite invite to speak if you want to come up uh if not you can obviously also ask your questions in in the chat as well if you'd want to do that if not looks like the other guy that we had was going to speak was uh looks like he dropped out here for a second we'll see if he comes back um while we wait here, uh, just any other I'm ch- think of any other overarching thoughts? And we talked about like favorites. Uh, I guess did anything really surprise you from like these first couple of days? Like, I-, I was surprised the Clippers did lay that egg. Uh, that was pretty brutal. Um, any any big surprises to you from that those first couple of games? Yeah, I would say the Clippers. The Clippers really jumped out to me. I mean, uh, Kawhi just needs to do more. I think like he had twenty six. 26- in 10 and five assists and four steals. So it looks like he had a good game, but uh, in 41 minutes, like him and PG need to be really, really carrying them. I thought they should have got rid of Beverly like coming into this season. I don't know why they're still reliant on Beverly. He's still starting for him, played 17 minutes. According to Luka Doncic, he's too fucking small to guard him. I love (laughs) yelling that in his face because it's damn true. You can't argue with that. Uh, They get Rondo, who, you know, there was so much discussion about Rondo when they acquired him because Rondo was, again, terrible in the regular season. Seems to have this inexplainable postseason magic whenever the playoffs start. And he was pretty good. I mean, he hit three of four from three, had 11 points. 
Do you start Rondo? Is that an adjustment you make? I think that that would be a smart move for the Clippers, quite frankly. Beverly's a straight-up liability on both ends of the floor. He still can shoot a little bit. Uh, obviously, he has a monster defensive reputation, but he's just limited by his size, right? And he's not exactly dynamic off the bounce. He is still about a 40% three-point shooter, so that's what you're getting out of Patrick Beverly. Is floor spacing, is shooting, but uh, I want to see more Rondo in that series. So that's one thing, and uh, you know, I I still don't think the Mavs can do this. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, I feel like there's been a lot of talk about like Porzingis. Uh, I, I don't know what to think of him at this point, man. Like he's uh, weird season for him. Obviously, he's had so many injuries. Uh, there have been trade rumors. Like there are times where he looks great, other times where he like can't move and he just kind of sucks. Like, and there's obviously the there have been rumors about like the um, just like the relationship with Luca. I, I'm not totally sure. We got Colin up here, uh, one of the two Collins we have in our in our in our room here. Go ahead with your comment question. Fire away. Uh, as as we wait to see if, if this uh, fix here. Thoughts on Bucks Heat. Uh, from the other Colin in here, we did talk about Bucksy a little bit before. Uh, I've seen mentioned Jimmy and Bam were a combined eight of thirty-seven in that game, but the Bucks were that game was just so weird in general. Like it just felt like I and I tweeted this when it was going on. Like I felt like either team, whichever team lost, was going to like hate itself uh, because like again the Bucks couldn't make a three, Jimmy and Bam couldn't make a damn shot inside the arc, uh, but the Heat hit twenty threes, so that like kind of that kind of. Uh, um, kind of even even stuff out there uh and just like it was close neither team could pull away and it was like a defensive grind uh one thing that one storyline that came out of that was Giannis was defending Jimmy more uh than he did last year because that was a whole storyline last year where where uh like Giannis like was like oh I'm like why would I like guard Jimmy uh like why should I like whatever like I'll just do what the coaches tell me blah, 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 blah. And, but now Giannis, I saw a stat, guarded Jimmy on like 30-some percent possessions. And Jimmy obviously really struggled. He did miss some shots that he normally makes. It wasn't all just all just Giannis shutting him down. And Jimmy did burn Giannis really bad um, on that last play of regulation. But that'll be something interesting to move forward to see how the Heat and Jimmy respond to that. As you mentioned, Ricky, I do think it'll probably at least be a close series. Or at least the games will be close. Like I'm, I'm not sure if the – I don't know if the Heat quite have the juice this season – um, because, uh, with like Tyler hero hasn't been as good and he only got 19 minutes. Like we got Trevor Reza played like 40 minutes. I, I'm really curious to see the usage there, uh, between Tyler hero and Trevor Reza, basically like how Spolster uses like Duncan Robinson hero, uh, and, uh, who am I? And, and Dragic was like, I think with some like the shooting, they could use more shooting around, around like Jimmy and bam, but I don't think they want to, and I mean, Reza is a, a decent three point shooter, but like, uh, I, I don't think they want to play like Robinson, Hero, and uh, what's Dragicic all together. Because for defensive purposes, they want to be able to build that wall against against uh, Giannis and all that. And the Bucks obviously have some firepower as well. Uh, so that'll be interesting to watch like th- that usage moving forward. Uh, the other question here that Colin had was, if you had to choose one, you can get more from in this one. You think Bam or Jimmy? What do you mean by what do you mean by uh, what is it? Can you clarify the question here, Colin? If you had to choose one, you can get more from. An, is this in game two or yeah, in, game in general? Both need to step up. Um, obviously, they both need to step up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, I think. I mean, Bimmy. Uh, Bimmy. <laughs> I just combined Bam and Jimmy. 
Bam was like he was he Bam had like a weird game. Jimmy was obviously aggressive, just couldn't make shots. Bam had, Bam took up got fifteen shots up. Uh, he just like did not seem like he had his normal impact. They they were they were let they were laying or lagging off of him. He was kind of hesitant offensively, uh, and he, he and he wasn't really capitalizing on those floaters, those mid range shots. Like I think he just needs to be more aggressive offensively. Like, Jimmy's aggressive. Jimmy sometimes goes into a shell strangely where he just like passes too much. That was not the problem this game. He just couldn't buy a fucking shot. Uh, and Gian- Giannis played good defense, but uh, I'll turn it over to you again, Ricky. Any other thoughts on what Colin was asking here about Bucks Heat or just general thoughts on that series? Well, do we have other Colin ready to go? Sorry, other Colin, we couldn't hear you when you were on. Uh, did you fix your? Well, I'm back, and uh, I saw I had a bunch of questions, but you know what? I'm gonna save them for uh, I don't mean in a bad way for locked on because you guys made me think of better ones. <laughs> But my main one is I got a list of five guys, old school guys. Am I coming through all right? Oh, yeah. You sound yeah. perfect. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm an idiot. Um, so here's the five guys, and I want you to rank them. I don't know, like favorites or, you know, if they're like a fan favorite of yours. But I got five guys starting at uh, Brad Miller, <laughs> Carlos Boozer, Ben Wallace, Andres Nocioni, and Tabo Cephalosha. And uh, I feel like for me, I, I mean, Brad Miller was awesome. I loved Brad Miller. Uh, Noach was also awesome. So those probably the top two, uh, followed by, I mean, Boozer was hilarious. Ricky wrote, used to write a Bulls thing all the time called the Blues. <laughs> uh, Tabo, I just, I guess I really didn't care about Tabo that much. So like whatever with him. And then who was the fifth one? Ben, ben Wallace. Ben Wallace. I mean, Ben Wallace is, I mean, Hall of Famer Ben Wallace. Shout out, shout out to him. Uh, but it, obviously his Bulls tenure was very, very forgettable. So definitely out of those five guys, probably Miller and Noach at the top. They're probably Boozer, then Tabo, then Ben Wallace. Well, they beat the Heat in that first round series right after they signed Ben Wallace, right? Like, was he on I that team? Know. I can't remember. He was, so, he was so forgettable as a Bulls player. Yeah, he only played two years for the Bulls, but he was on that 07 uh, team. I need to go through the numbers in that a little bit more, but like, you know, he played 35 minutes a game in 77 games for the Bulls that year. Uh, I would like to dig in a little bit deeper to Ben Wallace's history with the Bulls. I need to do that no. with the rank of entering the Hall of Fame. When you were listing those names, the one that brought the biggest smile to my face, and that's the only way I can judge this, is Nocioni. I'll never forget the Nocioni chant at the UC. He was flying all over the floor. It was in the season when they ended up playing the Wizards. I think he got in that series, right, Jason? Was it like... Some, at some point in that series, there was an Oceani chant, I believe. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We, I, I remember that. Definitely. He was awesome, that series. And that's just another reason, like, why I miss Bulls playoff games. When, like, shit like that happened, especially with, like, the young team that they had, and they were just, like, super fun, and those type of moments at the UC, they were great. And that's definitely why he was towards the – him and Brad Miller, t- towards the top of my list here out of these five guys. Love it. Love the question. Thank you, Colin. Absolutely. Thank you, Colin. Noah, you have question, comment. Fire away. Oh, no, I just thought this was a Bulls chance. Like, I am a big Bulls fan, so it's like, hey, I'll hop in here. <laughs> I mean, obviously the title of this, I mean, obviously we traded for the Vucevic thing. Levine goes down with the protocol, got COVID, out for 10 games, and obviously kicks us out of the playoffs. That's obviously unfor- a playoff contention. That's obviously unfortunate. I think next year with Patrick Williams' improvement, I think he can be a 25-point-per-game guy at his peak. 
Not next season. I was going to say next season. That'd be wild. No, next year I think he'll have like 13 or something, 14-ish. Depending if we develop him correctly. Um, I hope Larry Marketing gets far away as his team as possible. (laughs) I'll give him the first ticket to um, Hong Kong, okay? He can play with the (laughs) Shanghai Sharks. He's not that bad, but I think we we are definitely all in agreement here that Lowry needs to go. Uh, There's no reason for him on this team anymore. (laughs) Did you guys see the reports today that Lowry privately wants to join the Mavericks? According to yeah, that's racism. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's racism. It's like I'm I'm so shocked that Lowry wants to go play with Luca. What? Like who? Wow! I'm just the big European dude wants to go play with uh, the MVP European player with with the Dallas Mavericks. Really shocked by that. It's a bit sus, though, that the Mavericks have traded traded three black players at the deadline for three white players. <laughs> the Mavs do Mavs do love their do love their white dudes. I mean, Luca's awesome, and Luca talking shit to Beverly as the other day was great. But and yeah. man, I mean, we were talking we were talking about Porzingis earlier too. And it's like, I mean, and like Lowry can say he wants to go play for. Uh, oh Mavs. yeah, he wants to eat up that team defensively if that happened. Yeah. Yeah, but he, yeah, he's uh, yeah, that Lowry, whatever. We definitely, we definitely want Lowry to go away. In terms of like, no, when you were talking about Patrick Williams, thank you for your, thank you for your comments. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot about Patrick Williams uh, on this podcast. Uh, Twenty-five points per game at, at at his peak. Like, I don't know, I don't know if that's super crazy, but uh, but uh, like maybe, hopefully, that that we're. That, that he he can get to that level. I think 13, 14 points per game next season is reasonable. Obviously, we'd like to see him uh, uh, get that volume up. That's something we talked about a ton at in our on our recent pods, uh, just about how he he needs to embrace being more aggressive. But it's also just on the coaching staff. They also have to put him in the right positions to succeed. Ricky has talked about how they need to get the ball in his hands hands more. So and 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 just in general, on your thoughts about like obviously this season was disappointing. Uh, missing missing out on the playoffs after all the goofy shit with the, the Levine COVID uh, and all that kind of stuff. It was obviously a bummer, but I think we both think that they could with with Patrick Williams' development, with with getting getting Lowry out of here, with other moves, uh, that the Bulls could be a playoff team next year, and like and maybe they can be the, a team like the Knicks. I keep bringing that up, but just like the Knicks making that jump from pretty shitty for a while to a possible playoff team and just super fun and getting those that kind of type of playoff atmosphere back at. The uh, United Center would be awesome. Uh, so yeah, and that was just kind of the theme of this pod, this pod today, this room, just talking about uh, Bulls. Hopefully, getting back in the playoffs. We've seen all these bull, old Bulls players making an impact, and it would just be great to see the Bulls return to the playoffs next season. They have a couple All Stars in place. Hopefully, they make more moves, uh, and that hopefully next season we'll, we, we will be able to see the Bulls play, do playoff basketball again. Uh, but we are going to wrap up here again tonight's game. This will be up. This will be up on our feed later. Uh, tonight's games against what Bucks Heat. That'll be and then Nuggets Blazers are the two games tonight. Uh, this this pod will probably be up later in the feed uh, after those games. So when you're listening to this, those games will probably be over. But uh, we and then we will be our next pod. We are we will be recording on Wednesday. Uh, we will have our guy Matt from Bloggable. We wanted to check in with him after this bowl season ended, so that should be a lot of fun. So be on the lookout for that either late Wednesday night or early Thursday morning. Uh, so, uh, so for us here at Cash Considerations, Ish Cowboys Podcast, as always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network with the NBA playoffs starting up. Tons of great NBA playoff pod stuff all across the Blue Wire Network. So please go check that out for us. 
here at Cash. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. Let us know how we're doing. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all those good places. You know where to find us on Twitter if you want to give us feedback there. I'm at Bulls underscore Jake. Ricky is at SBN underscore Ricky. Uh, so we'll talk to you guys next time. Like I said, Wednesday night we'll record our next pod with uh, Matt from Bloggable. So we'll, uh, we'll be on the lookout for that then. Talk to you guys later. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.